Welcome back, everyone. This is the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Scott, joined by Rich with your average everyday Chiefs talk. Our previous recordings are available on podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and Google. Just got to look for or search for the Red and Yellow Kingdom podcast, as well as our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So today, Rich, we are going to be talking about our week four preview coming up this weekend on the Chiefs and Eagles game in Philadelphia at Lincoln Financial Field um, at noon. What would you be your coming into this week matchup? What would be your, I guess you'd say, pregame thoughts? Initially, off the top of my head, I would say the Chiefs should handle this game um, easier than the previous three matchups they've had. Um, if they don't, then I think it's time to start worrying a little bit about this team. I know it would only be week four, but the Eagles are, in my opinion, one of the worst teams in the NFL, and the Chiefs should handle them appropriately. So I hope I'm not wrong. hope you know we're not having a completely different discussion on Monday. Right. Yeah. Well, and um, yeah, let's like, we'll, we'll have to hold that thought obviously for next week because we have to get through the game first. But like, I do agree with you on that. Hopefully we're having, you know, happier thoughts come over this weekend and, you know, looking forward to getting back on that winning track, um, you know, and getting even at two and two, um, you know, looking forward to uh, the rest of, ske- rest of our uh, schedule for the year. Um, I will say, you know, one of the big things that the story is this week, Obviously, was you know, well, actually, the last couple of days before, um, you know, right, right after the game was the Andy Reid situation, and obviously he's back, and um, you know, back to being Andy Reid coaching and all that. But the big, I would say, the big news for this weekend, which almost should have happened last weekend, right, but it didn't, is Andy Reid is looking to become the first coach in NFL history to win a hundred games with two different teams. And it's very ironic that he could do it against his, you know, his previous team, this team that he won 100 games with. Um, and not only that, I thought that it's even more odd that not only the schedule lines up that Andy Reid goes to Philly <laughs> and he's coaching, you know, basically against his old team, but also another game in the schedule. You have Tom Brady, who is for the Bucks, is going to play against his old team, the Patriots. So it's kind of ironic that you have both of those. Yeah, like I'm, sure two that, stories I'm sure they did week. some calculations to make their make sure that would happen, right? Celebrate, mm-hmm. read in the in the early parts of Sunday, and then probably going to celebrate Brady and his coming home party or whatever. Yeah, right. It's just it's just it's kind of strange that they planned it out that way. Well, I mean, it, obviously they didn't weren't they didn't plan out that Andy Reid could get his hundredth win, you know, week four, <laughs> right. obviously. But as far as they planned out him going back to Philly, Tom Brady, you know, seeing his old team. Um, the Patriots, it's just, it's, they, you know, they probably had something going on with that one, playing that out for week four, the same week on that. But, um, but uh, actually, just to kind of yeah, start with, I'll go ahead and get into the injury report um, so far this week. Once again, uh, we don't have the, we won't have the latest one, which will be Friday tomorrow, but we'll have what we have up to right now, um, which is the first two days this week. Um, as far as on the Chiefs front, on the injury report, uh, it's we still have um, Rashad Fenton who did not practice at all this week with the concussion he sustained 
um, in last Sunday's game. So most likely he, we probably will not see him. Um, I, I don't concussions vary between on injuries, but most likely he will not be in the game Sunday against Philly. Also, um, Jar, uh, Jarvarius Ward, the other cornerback, um, had a quad injury who didn't play last week. He's been limited to practice both days. That will be a, a very interesting injury to keep an eye on. Don't I? For me personally, I don't know. That could be. A, I guess that could be a game time decision. We'll see. But I'm going to say right now he might not play as well. And then also Frank Clark with the hamstring. He's been limited to practice um, both times this week as well. And he, obviously he didn't play last week. I don't think he'll play this week. The two injury, other two injuries that we've had that they've been limited to practice this week has been Orlando Brown, which is our starting left tackle. He's had a groin injury, and um, I this one was kind of a surprise. I didn't, I didn't know anything about he had gotten hurt last week, or maybe it was just you know prior to practice that started this week. So that's going to be one to keep an eye on. And also Chris Jones, he was limited to practice last week with that wrist injury, and he's once again limited to practice this week. Um, so, and he did end up playing. So I do see that he'll probably end up still playing, um, this Sunday as well. And then, um, on the Eagles front, for the most part that on the first day of their practice, they had a few guys that were limited in practice. All those guys actually were in full practice today. There's only one guy that actually didn't practice both days is, um, tackle. I don't know if I'm going to say this right. So I'm just going to say it. His name is Jordan Mal- Malada. I believe, um, but he um, he didn't practice both days with a knee injury. He probably most likely won't play this week. It looks like everybody else that they had, the notable uh, Jason Kelsey, uh, yeah, Jason Kelsey, I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, Kelsey's brother, he was actually just, uh, it looks like he was, had a foot or like, like resting it. He actually was limited, but now he's full today. Also, Lane Johnson, one of the other tackles, had ankle injury, and he's also full practice, so he'll end up playing as well. So what are your thoughts as far as, even though, you know, it looks like the Eagles are probably coming into the game, looks like they're too healthy. What are your thoughts on the Chiefs injury front? The biggest one, Orlando Brown Jr. Anytime it's your quarterback's insurance policy or one of them being your left tackle, it's something to definitely follow. Um, we wouldn't want him out in this game as the Eagles have an up-and-coming pass rusher in Josh Sweat. And uh, Javon Hargrave um, has about four sacks, if I'm not mistaken. So we're going to need everyone possible on that offensive line. Um, you know, Chris Jones, I mean, it's, a, it's his hand. I understand defensive tackles or defensive ends use their hands a lot. Um, so that's also one to watch. I think you'll end up playing. Frank Clark, it is what it is. Um, he's almost kind of starting to take up that old Eric Berry day-to-day. Yeah, he um, is. <laughs> but um, And then we, we need Shervarius Ward. Um, but I don't – I mean, he didn't play last week. I don't see um, how he plays this week. But, yeah, the biggest one to me is Orlando Brown Jr. We got to have him. If not, I don't even know who plays – well, I mean, I know who plays It's Schwartz. Tackle, right? Yeah, that's – yep. Um, I know who would play left tackle, but, um, but yeah, that would be scary. <laughs> I, like, I like how you said, I know who plays left tackle, but not saying his name because we all know we don't want him really playing left tackle, but I know what you mean. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to monitor that here in the next couple of days and see if um, that final injury report he does end up practicing and um, be good to go for the uh, game on Sunday. Um, so then, kind of 
next is about, you know, obviously our opponent, um, the Philadelphia Eagles, they are so far one and two on the year. So it's just like basically the same record as we are. Um, they had, you know, that first game week one, they, they played really well against the Falcons. They look really good. Um, and then it was, you know, basically against the Niners the next week in week two, they, um, you know, they looked okay. They didn't look great, uh, but they still, you know, they didn't end up, uh, end up, sorry, losing that game, um, 17 to 11. And then last week at the, the Gal- uh, Dallas game, if you, you know, obviously you're watching Monday night football, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty one-sided. I mean, the Cowboys looked pretty, pretty good in that game and, uh, the Eagles obviously didn't. So it, it seems like so far, like I said, I was just talking to you a little bit ago, Rich, that it just, you know, the Eagles seem like they have been going downhill. It's, and it's not so much, um, you know, not over, it's not even so much Jalen Hurts really, right? It's just, it's just a mixture of a lot of different things that's happening on their team. But, uh, what do you think on so far how they've been playing this year? Yeah, I mean, well, I think the Falcons game is more about how bad the Atlanta Falcons are versus how good the Eagles are. And, um, yeah, the the Cowboys game to me is really a true indication of their skill level. Um, brand new coach, young coach, first head, you know, first time that he's a head coach as well. Um, they're just not a very talented team, right? I think they're in rebuild mode. Um, well, not I think. I know they are in rebuild mode and they're trying to still compete. At the end of the day, I think there'll be a – Top five, top seven, um, draft pick wise, next April. Um, but yeah, like you said, right? They they did really well against the Falcons. Um, the game versus the Niners, they couldn't move the ball. They didn't score many points by only scoring eleven. And then against the Cowboys, they scored one in the fourth quarter to make it look not as bad. But the game was nowhere near close if you actually watched it. Um, they've got some. Young offensive weapons and Miles Sanders, Devonta Smith, Jalen Rager, obviously Jalen Hurts. Not quite sure if Jalen Hurts is their franchise quarterback. I think they're going to spend, you know, at least this year trying to figure that out. Um, defensively, they've got some players that are good that you know you definitely got to watch out for. And Josh Sweat, Javon yep. Hargrave, um, they got you know Darius Slay, a few other folks in the secondary, pretty decent. Of course, their leading tacklers are linebackers. Um, but yeah, I mean it's. I think they – and looking at how they play and how they've done, um, this should be a game where the Chiefs should do much better or not struggle as much as they have with the past few games or past, past few opponents in the past games. Yeah, and I, and I see um, – you know, it's funny. We've been predicting our scores, and we'll get that to here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, it feels like this week when we end up doing predicting our scores – I think we'll probably hopefully be more accurate this week just because, um, you know, I think our our passing game, like you just said, is going to look um, a lot better this week. And, you know, I, I don't know if you know, notice they also have a familiar cornerback on their team that uh, a lot of people did not really care for when he played here. But obviously, uh, Steven Nelson is one of their starting cornerbacks. So uh, we do oh, have – Is that where he's at? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it is um, – he is a familiar – face that we've uh you know had before on our team and um you know also faced against as well so um you know as, as far as like on our you know like key matchups coming up um you know as far as on the offensive ball I'm just gonna say right off I know I've said running game has been the last um 
you know, has been my focus as far as the matchup on our offense, I'm going to go ahead and flat out say is don't turn the ball over. <laughs> I think, I I mean, that's, that's as flat out as this, it, that's been the issue of why we had so many struggles on offense. Um, obviously we would have put up what, um, easily at least nine points in those first three drives, right? If we didn't turn the ball over. So it's just, um, that, that would be my, uh, my actual thing is, you know, just the Chiefs just don't turn the ball over this week. Um, it would also it would be nice to continue what Clyde Edwards Hilaire did last week. He started playing really well um, there in that second half, um, it, you know, continually improving that running game. Um, you know, like I said, we already mentioned that passing game that looks like it's going to be probably better against the secondary against the Eagles. But uh, like I said, overall, it's just it's holding on to the ball. Yeah, for sure. Um I mean, I would say just running the ball, establishing the actual run game so that Patrick doesn't have to come up with so many big-time plays. And unfortunately, the last few weeks, when attempting to make big-time plays, a lot of them have worked out, right? No doubt. They're still there. But he's turning the ball over. So if we run the ball, control the game, make the defense be out there for a long time, beat them up, and then Patrick has a a low attempt, high completion, clean day. I think that's a good one um, from an offensive matchup perspective. Yeah, definitely. So on the, um, you know, on the defense side of the ball, uh, you know, obviously they have one of those, um, you know, fast, explosive running or not running backs, sorry, quarterbacks that can run, right? Uh, and Jalen Hurt. So, um, you know, we, got, we obviously want to look and to see, you know, trying to stop him. Will they try to incorporate some of, the Raven style offense against us, knowing that, you know, obviously we're hard on stopping the run and they have a quarterback that can do things. Obviously he's not that level of talent that Lamar Jackson is. Right. And he's still obviously, you know, I mean, he's new, right? So he's, you know, he hasn't played the chiefs yet. Um, so it's just, it, so for our, I see on the, the, on the defensive side, I would say, you know, once again, it's, it, he starts with a run with us. Um, you know, getting better on stopping that part. And um, I, I think if we do that, I, I think it's going to cause, um, you know, Jalen Hurts to throw the ball, which is, I think, always good. Uh, but another thing is not only top of that is pressure, right? It's one of the things mm-hmm. we haven't seen in the last two games. Uh, Chris Jones has obviously struggled at defensive end. Um, I know they said, if Frank Clark, I think Spag said if Frank Clark was going to play this week, that they would put him back inside more and have Clark and Dane on the outside. But now with Clark being hurt, you know, we obviously we don't know. So what are your thoughts as far as on the defensive matchup? Yeah, for me, it's 100% getting pressure on Jalen Hurts, whether it's containing him and, you know, forcing him to stay in the pocket and make those good throws, which I do think he can throw the ball very well. Um, They're just a young offense. So for me, it's getting pressure, and like you said, if, if Clark's playing, great. Um, make sure Jones is inside more, and if not, I still think Jones needs to stay inside a lot more. Um, he's not Aaron Donald, and I think that's what the Chiefs are going for in, in moving Chris Jones everywhere like they do with Aaron Donald in Los Angeles, but he's not that, right? He's different. Aaron right. Donald is a once-in-a-generation may end up being a top-five greatest defensive player of all time. Chris Jones is really good, and he's a top five defensive tackle in the NFL. That that's that he's a defensive tackle. Um, so if we move him back inside, at least get pressure up the center, 
Jason Kelsey was a little bit beat up. They even played the rookie Landon Dickerson, um, who has a history of injuries from Alabama. Um, so, I mean, you know, there's there's going to be a possibility of of him getting pressure, right? Even if he lines up on the outside, to be honest, a few times here and there. Um, they're beat up at the tackle spot. Lane Johnson is no longer the Lane Johnson he was of a few years ago. The Eagles line is set up so that the Chiefs have a very good game. I'd also like to see a little bit more of a young and explosive defensive end in Josh Kando. He came in a few times um, this past game, and I think he looked good. Um, you know, He was once one of the top players in the country coming out of high school. Wasn't the greatest at Florida State, but he definitely – still uh, showed it, uh, showed his athleticism. So I think if if the Chiefs are on it from a defensive line perspective, um, it could be, you know, three-plus sack night for them. And, and that's, to be honest, I expect at least two. But mm-hmm. I would want to see more, and, and at least Chris Jones getting two of them. Did uh, Speaking of Josh Cadane, uh, maybe I, I wasn't paying attention too much or I didn't really see him. Like, when was it that he can play a lot of in the second half, or was it just kind of like a mixture? Because I just, I guess I just didn't really see him in there a whole lot, or maybe I just, like I said, didn't notice it. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't in there a lot. Um, but yeah, okay. what I remember is from the second half a little bit, um, there was one, unfortunately, he was chasing somebody. Um, but I think our defense does a lot of chasing people, so. Yeah, as of right now. But no, that's a no. I'm glad you brought that up because that's a good point. I'm glad he uh, he's getting some time um, to play in there. I mean, obviously, slowly work him in there. But um, you know, if he's the player he was, obviously, you know, before he got to Florida State and then, like I said, didn't have a um, a great time there. Um, it can, we can develop him pretty well. You know, he could be that other end. Especially, we don't know about the Frank Clark situation. You know all the stuff that's happened to him in the off season. Now he's hurt. So, you know, and then just to rotate him, you know, in and out, the more he plays and the more he gets familiar, um, I think that would be great for our defense for sure. Yeah, I mean, and looking at his snap count, he had 18 plays where he got in from a defensive perspective versus the Chargers. So he was in there a good amount of snaps for it to be his second game. It doesn't look like he played – Versus the Ravens, which I don't remember that, but um, he did get some snaps versus the Browns as well. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have to definitely look more um, into seeing him play because I'm kind of excited to see how he progresses uh, throughout this year for sure. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, like, I'm not saying that you know I don't want anyone to think he's um, you know the next coming of Daniel Hunter or T.J. Watt, right? Or you know, um, now he could be right. I mean, it's only his third game technically. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, when you got a player like that, that's as athletic and as big as he is, um, give him some time and, you know, as he learns and he's going up with against NFL linemen, hopefully good things will happen. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? We don't get any pressure like we've been doing. So, um, obviously I know that Spags and, and Reed have a plan for him and all of that. Right. Right. Well, we actually did kind of, I think we, um, forgot to probably mention it first, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and discuss the, I got quote unquote, uh, inside the numbers for both teams. So yeah, for all the, all the uh, stat heads out there, I like to, uh, they no longer read newspapers. Maybe they pull up the, uh, the stat sheet. Um, we'll go over it in case you're listening to us and you don't have that available. So record wise, the Eagles come in at one and two, same as what the chiefs currently are numbers for each team. 
total yardage for the Philadelphia Eagles, they currently are at 389 yards per game. Like every NFL team, they are uh, they pass more than they run the ball, but they they do pretty well running the ball. 260 yards passing um, to 129 yards rushing. They didn't do very good at all last week from a from a run game perspective. I'm sure a lot of that is beefed up because of that Falcons game. Chiefs being at 420 yards per game, 313 passing, 107 rushing. A lot of that on the Chiefs end is also in the last game. Um, and then from a defensive perspective, the Philadelphia Eagles actually have a top 10 defense. They are number 11 from a rush game perspective and number 13 from a passing efficiency. Um, so we're going up against a good solid defense, despite the fact that maybe their offense doesn't help them out too much. So they've allowed on average 330 yards, 197 in the air, 133 on the ground. Chiefs are at 440, whew, 110 more yards that they are allowing <laughs> yeah. per game. So uh, passing-wise, 280 for the Chiefs, 160 on the ground. Um, the you know the the leading stat getters for each team, of course, are the quarterbacks, right? Jalen Hurts, 64-97, 780 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions in the first few games. Patrick Mahomes being at 78. Sorry, yeah, 78 out of 111. 940 yards, nine touchdowns, three interceptions. Clyde Edwards-Alaire being our top rusher, 44 carries, 189 yards. And Jalen Hurts being the uh, – Top rusher for the Philadelphia Eagles with 26 carries, 179 yards, and one touchdown. Um, Travis Kelsey, of course, being our top pass catcher, 20 receptions, 289 yards, and three touchdowns. And then the Eagles, um, it's a little bit of a lying stat, so I'll, I'll provide a little bit more context. Um, their leading yardage wide receiver is, and if I'm saying his name wrong, I'm going to say it's Quez Watkins. Um, has 186 yards, seven receptions, but their actual top wide receivers are who you would think it would be. Their first-round pick out of Alabama, Devontae Smith, is their leading target with 21 targets on the se season for 11 receptions, 115 yards, one touchdown. If you didn't watch it, it was a nice little grab versus the Atlanta Falcons. And then Jalen Rager being second leading target getter, which is their Second round pick, or maybe I'm sorry, I think he's their first late first round pick from last year. Um, with 19 targets, 13 receptions, 107 yards, one touchdown. They also have pretty decent tight ends, right? And Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, both are at 11 targets. Um, Dallas with eight receptions, 132 yards, and a touchdown. Zach Ertz or Mr. Julie Ertz, um, with 11 targets, seven receptions, 93 yards, and a touchdown. So those are some of the names to watch out for for people that, let's say, don't really follow teams um, outside of the Chiefs that, off, Chiefs that often um, on offense. Defensively, um, their linebackers are their – two out of the three linebackers are their top tackler getters with Alex Singleton and Eric Wilson leading the way for them. Names to watch out for pressure-wise are Javon Hargrave, four sacks, um, a guy that got paid that I mentioned earlier this summer. Um, or not this summer. Yeah, I guess we, we still are in the summer, right? Josh Sweat, yep. um, an up-and-coming defensive end that's done well. He's really explosive. He's really fun to watch. 
someone that I watched over the offseason, hoping that maybe the Eagles let him go in a year once his rookie contract expired and the Chiefs could snatch him up. Tall, lanky, um, typical 4-3 defensive end that you know has a quick burst off the line. He only has half a sack this season, so um, that'll be interesting to see how that goes and whatever happens with Orlando or who is going to pick on Lucas Niang this week because um, Joey Bosa certainly did a little bit there at the end of the game. So that's what the teams look like by the numbers. Again, names to watch out for. Of course, Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. Defensively, Javon Hargrave, Alex Singleton, Darius Slay is another big name, and then Josh Sweat. So I think like as far as the, the matchup that obviously for offense line, like you just said, Lucas Nang, um, that matchup that we were probably looking for is I, I'm assuming – Ryan Kerrigan will probably line up against him. I'm assuming so. Uh, just judging off of who they got on their um, defensive line, but if that's if that's so, man, he just he just continues to have tough matchups, right? But um, oh, yeah. he's still he's still young. He'll, he'll still learn. But that, like you said, that's going to be an important um, thing to watch this weekend. Yeah, I mean, and I think if if I'm the which I don't even know off the top of my head who the defense coordinator for the Eagles is. Um, I would put Josh Sweat on Lucas Niang's side because Ryan Kerrigan's over 30 now. Um, he's not as explosive as he once was right. in Washington. Josh Sweat, I'm telling you, like this guy, like I, I'm a big fan of his. Um, so for the Chiefs' sake, yeah, put Ryan Kerrigan over there, whoever it is, just don't put Josh Sweat. And um, yeah, because Orlando Brown, I think it'll be one of the easier defensive ends, but by, but by no means – one of the easiest defensive ends in the NFL. So if Orlando Brown's over there, I feel better if Josh Sweats is on that side. If he's on Lucas Niang's side, whew, it's going to be interesting because he's really fast, he's explosive, and that's what Lucas has been struggling with the most. And well, and the thing of it is, there's that big if, right? You know, we're kind of right. praying at this point that Orlando Brown plays this week because we just don't. If he doesn't play this week, our tackles could be uh, in for a long day. And Mahomes is going to be end up stepping up into the pocket and you know running a lot. Hopefully not, but um, yeah, I think that's going to be a a big thing if if he plays or not. Right. Um, so, kind of judging off of obviously the you know the Eagles games this year and our games and our previous matchups against them going into Philly, basically in the numbers you just kind of went over all of that. Um, here's the fun time of each one of these episodes when we do this and um, is our game prediction. So I'll start off with yours. What do you think the final score of the uh, chiefs Eagles game will be? Ah, yeah, we're, uh, we were talking about this earlier, right? That if we were betting men, we'd be losing money. The um, last two weeks we'd, we'd be done. I'm broke. <laughs> so um, I don't see how the chiefs don't score more than 30 points. Um, I know the Eagles defense is better than their offense. Um, their defense is technically better than the Chargers defense. Um, so I'm going to say, I don't know, Chiefs 34, Eagles 24. I'll probably go with that. Wow. I, okay, so as you were saying, and I, I've been thinking about it uh, here in the last 30 minutes anyways, um, my score is actually like one point less than yours for both teams. <laughs> <laughs> I have 35 Chiefs, Eagles 23. Um, it, it's just, 
it's weird because I'm like I'm I'm I've been around that 35, 38 the last two weeks, and I'm I'm waiting for it to you know get there, and just I said it hasn't happened the last two weeks. So, um, you know, judging off this matchup, uh, and like a lot of people are saying, like you know, hey, Andy's going to come into Philadelphia, let him you know remind them like you know what they're missing, you know that kind of thing, and or just how the Chiefs have underperformed this year, and they'll be you know put it back together on track in Philly. And that's what I hope is going to happen, right? I think that's what all Chiefs fans are going to hope is going to happen. Will it happen, right? We thought last week was going to be the bounce back week at Arrowhead against the Chargers. Didn't happen. So, um, you know, I, I want to say, and I'm not going to, you know, obviously guarantee it's going to happen. I don't like doing that. But I, I have a good feeling going into this game that I think we'll finally get back on track. Yeah, I feel the same way. And if we don't, um, again, right, it's, it's time to – Start worrying about this team's mental um, as well as their physical because these are games that the Chiefs have always, have always done really well under Patrick Mahomes. Um, and kind of the thing I mentioned, right, it's going to be interesting to see how the team bounces back. I think defensively last week the team was much more aggressive. They were attacking. looked like they were in the game, but at the end of the day they still couldn't stop anyone when it mattered, even though they had a few more stops than, than let's say, we were used to. Um but yeah, I mean it's it's one of those games where Chiefs have to win comfortably. We don't have to win big, right? We don't have to win by three touchdowns. Right. We win by ten points and it's not even a contest. We should treat them exactly how the Dallas Cowboys treat them. Um and if you watched or followed that game on Monday night, Cowboys were in control basically all game. Yeah, the Eagles scored one in the fourth quarter to make the score look a little bit closer. Um, but it wasn't really a contest. Um, the Eagles struggled mightily versus the Niners as well um, in a in a low-scoring affair for modern-day NFL times. So, yeah, again, it, it's one of those games where when Alabama plays, I'm going to say, unfortunately, Mizzou, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, Alabama takes care of business. Uh, maybe we're not Alabama right now. We're, we're more like, I don't know, Georgia or I guess Ole Miss looks good or something like that. But, um, yeah. I go with Georgia. You go with Georgia, yeah. I mean, it's probably a lot more prestigious than Ole Miss, right? Um, but, yeah, it's just we have to win this game comfortably. Um, their line is beat. Their offensive line is beat up. We need to get some pressure. This should be a big confidence game for the defense. And then offensively, just make it a clean game. Um, I hope Andy doesn't come out and try to do too much and, and really kind of have that emotional attachment to Philly. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm trying to – you know, this is why you guys shouldn't have fired me. Hopefully he's over over that since he's been here for almost a decade. Um, so, yeah, like I said, run the ball. Make Patrick leave that game. Have a clean, low attempt, high efficiency, no turnovers. Clyde Edwards-Alaire over 100 yards. It's a clean. We take care of business, and we move on to next week, Which because the next week's game is going to be a really good one too. Oh gosh, I I, I don't even want to really talk into next week yet, but yeah, um, but I totally agree. You know, especially what you said with the Cowboys. You know, no disrespect to the Cowboys, but I think our offense is better than theirs. Um, you know, but their defense is always obviously better than ours. I will point that out. But um, uh, you know, I I think that it should. I think, I think rel- every defense is better than ours. Right? I know it. <laughs> That's bad to say that, but I'm just like I didn't, I didn't want to get that far. But yeah, I, I totally agree. <laughs> I think it's uh, um, but the, I I think overall as far as the score, right from that game on Monday night, that should be kind of how our score should look this weekend. Maybe not as 
one-sided maybe like that just because like I said our defense will probably you know not not where it's like where we're winning by 21 it'd be nice to see that especially on the road um but uh hopefully we'll end up seeing something similar to that this weekend um but uh, like you said you know hopefully Mahomes comes out of it um not beat up if you know depending on what our tackle how our tackles play um you know doesn't even though, like I said, you you get what you take with him, right? I mean, obviously, he makes crazy plays out of things that you would not think would happen. Um, but I will say the last two interceptions that he did were kind of, you know, they were just different, right? I mean, obviously, any pass that he kind of throws sometimes is different. I think just those last two that he threw that are interceptions that, you know, quote-unquote, maybe have cost us the game um, both those times. But, um, you know, like I said, going to this game, Let's just hopefully not turn the ball over, maybe get some turnovers, get back right. to getting sacks, two or three, like you said, um, and, um, yeah, ultimately come away with the win on that. But um, So we will actually get into our final topic, which we, we kind of talked about a little bit earlier this week, but we'll maybe be able to go into a little bit more detail now, and it's obviously about Josh Gordon. As uh, well of you all know that, um, he did finally sign his contract. He was in practice for the first time yesterday. Uh, I believe he's wearing uh, Marcus Kemp's old number, right? Nineteen, it looks like right now. Um, oh, that's a that's a. Uh, I shouldn't say that. That's a that's <laughs> not the first person I think about when I hear number nineteen for the Chiefs. I mean, I mean, I, I, I reason I say <laughs> that is because it's the it's the obviously the most recent one I can think of. But obviously, nineteen, you think of Joe Montana, right? But that's yeah, what that's I think what, of. Yeah, that's right. Um, but Joe Montana's back the other day, right? Right. That's what that's I like that when he said that. it took me a minute to get that. And I'm like, oh yeah, nineteen Joe Montana. But um no, I just I just thought of that recently. Is that is that the, our last um and very impactful nineteen? No, uh Macklin. I completely forgot about Jerry. Yeah, Macklin. wow, well that was a good catch. Yeah, it was Macklin was before that, yeah. But after that you can't say Kemp being nineteen because obviously he's not nineteen anymore, but you couldn't say previously he was the um, you know, quality of like Macklin and obviously a Hall of Famer like Montana, right, right. but um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I know you probably got a little bit more time to look more into him and stuff like that. So I uh, kind of get your thoughts on uh, more about Josh Gordon. Yeah, so the stats are what they are. Um, we know that Josh Gordon is someone who, when he burst on the scene in 2012, um, his athleticism out of Baylor was what everything was hype. Everybody was hyped about for the Cleveland Browns. He had a Really good year, almost 1,700 yards receiving in 2013. And really since then, he's battled with, you know, suspensions and all of that stuff. His last meaningful snaps of football were in 2019 when he played for the Patriots and the Seahawks, but most of the snaps were with the Patriots. So that's what I went back to watch. Right. Is found some, you know, clips on YouTube, and it's not just highlights. I, you know, I always try to find game footage or whatever. Um, so I found a, a a video and everyone can go out there and, and look for it themselves um, where it's every snap um, or every catch, I should say, that Josh Gordon had with the New England Patriots. And what we're going to get is someone who, of course, is much older than when he was there uh, when it um, when he was in Cleveland in 2013, 2012 through 2014. Um, so he's not as fast as he used to be. Right. That's what happens with age. You lose speed. I can uh, testify to that. Um, <laughs> but he is a big body possession style wide receiver that uses his hands, right? And we were talking about it earlier, how 
Um, I hope he continues that. I hope, you know, he's still a hands catcher after he's uh-huh. been with our staff for a little bit because you already know that I like to say that our staff apparently doesn't teach wide receivers how to catch the ball with their hands. Um, so that's the one thing we can expect to see whenever Josh Gordon finally gets out there and gets some meaningful reps. So if here's a quick, here's a quick right? here's a quick question for you. Um, if he actually still has those hands to catch the ball, can he teach some of our other receivers the same? Um, oh, man, that say, would be amazing, but right? um, no, I don't have confidence in that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I mean, big body wide receiver runs. I mean, can run any route in the book. Um, of course, right. It's technically been almost two years since he last played any meaningful snaps. Um, so yeah, that, that's one thing we can just, we got to just wait and, and be patient on how we're going to use him. I think right away, he's the second most or third most talented pass catcher on the team behind Kelsey and Hill. Um, he's definitely the second best wide receiver just from a pure talent perspective. And that's what I really like. I like that. It's a big body hands wide receiver. Let Tyreek be the one that stretches the field because, I mean, that's what teams have been taking away is a deep pass. Let Josh Gordon work on the outside on the short team intermediate routes. Kelsey doing what he does best um, and really just giving Mahomes a secure third option that you know if you throw it his way will catch the ball. Um, watching the, I don't know what, one-minute clip that they, sh- that they shared with us via Twitter from the Chiefs page of him being at practice. Um, I mean, it, the guy still is in shape, so that's good. He's obviously got to get into football speed, which that does take a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see whenever they actually roll him out there and give him meaningful snaps, if he ends up getting meaningful snaps. Because, I mean, contract perspective, right, he's got he got the vet minimum. Um, so really it's, it's low risk, high reward if it works out, right? Yeah, totally agree. Um yeah, and I'm just like I said, I'm I'm just looking forward to him to get, finally get on the field with us when he does end up playing in real games. Yeah, I, I think he's only going to make some of those younger guys better. Um, you know, hopefully making Hardman better, you know, Pringle better, you know, Robinson, those other guys. You know, hopefully it, with him being out there and obviously with you know Tyreek and um, Kelsey, I just you know, like I said, just to make those guys better that we're just you know trying to get. That that two or three we've been missing, you know, for like that so for so long now. So um, yeah, yeah I'm I mean, just all- another thing, right, is that um, when when you're a team of our caliber with a coach and the staff that we have, you can take risks on folks who maybe are on their second, third, fourth. I don't know how many chances Josh Gordon. Let's say eighth. No, I don't. <laughs> right? I don't know. But yeah. I mean, because you have a good locker room. If it doesn't work out, then you cut them. Um, that's just how the name of the of the game goes or sorry that's just how the name of the game is um but yeah so it's low risk high reward he's 30 years old let's say he loves playing for a team like like the chiefs with you know the 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 personalities that we have you've got an amazing coach Andy Reid if it works out great you know we might have ourselves a second wide receiver for the next year or two Mm -hmm. um so yeah I mean I, I at first I was you know against it because I was like why would you bring someone in but it's all it's all depending on the contract right and when you get them as cheap as you possibly can aside from practice squad money um you know why not so yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks when do you think the chiefs will roll them out if you were a betting man which i know we've talked about we are not good betting men um what would uh, we definitely are. <laughs> that you see meaningful snaps from josh gordon um 
You know, I know we talked a little bit about it last week, and I, I was saying more like Tennessee would be the first one I'd see a lot of snaps from him. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's still too soon for Buffalo next week. I would say Washington is more likely, depending on how fast he picks up the offense and, you know, is he, is he in game shape, you know, obviously, because if, if he's been in, you know, a lot of shape recently, it won't be too far off. But I'm going to say probably now, um, Washington will be his probably first game. So maybe he probably gets, you know, what, a handful of snaps, 10, 15, maybe a little bit more. Tennessee, I see more of it being a full game rep. What about you? I'm the same way. Um, and, uh, you know, there's definitely other factors that will play into that. Our offense isn't an issue, right? We already know. I know everyone, you know, is throwing in the, the caution flag on all that stuff because of the turnovers, but we don't have trouble moving the ball. So we don't need to rush him because of that. Philly Buffalo are good defenses, but yeah, I would, without a doubt, ease him into the role, start giving him, you know, some meaningful snaps some meaningful targets around that Washington. They have a solid little defense. They haven't been as good as everyone thought they were. Um, But yeah, if we can have him getting some meaningful reps in that Washington game, he's kind of really gets going by Tennessee because, um, um, if I'm not mistaken. So Tennessee and then um, the New York game. I mean, they have got a Dory Jackson who came from Tennessee. who's was a pretty right. good corner. But the Giants are really, really bad. So, um, you know, Washington is my first pick with New York being the second pick. Yeah, and I would say just a little bit more of what I was saying. It's kind of like Washington, you know, like I said, that handful of sample snaps, like 10 to 15. Yeah. And then Tennessee being more of he'd play majority of that game. But I look at New York being his breakout game, and that's because he'll be – I think by then he'll be more involved with the offense, obviously. But I think because New York is so bad, I think he's going to have a great game on Monday Night Football. Um, Yeah, without a doubt. That's what what I'm I'm predicting, at least right now. So, like I said, my predictions have been great so far this year, but uh, I'm going to go with that and stick with that for now. Right. We need to start saying the opposite of what we want to happen. Yeah, right. Well, I don't know because I can't say, oh, Mahomes is going to have a terrible day. He's he's going (laughs) to throw three interceptions and one touchdown. I mean, it's just like I know what you mean, but it's like, yeah, sometimes you kind of got to roll with the punches, I guess you would say. Right. Definitely. But, yeah, so on that note, we actually it is – the last thing we had for today's episode. Um, I know, Rich, you'll probably be end up doing uh, the recap for the Eagles game next week uh, by yourself. And actually, um, you know, I'll be at the game this Sunday, which I'm really looking forward to. And, um, you know, checking yeah, it's gonna out. It's going to be an amazing experience. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be cool to hear you talk about that the next pod you're on. Um, yeah. With, the, you know, going to Charlie's, is it Salon or is it big, sorry, Saloon? Big Charlie's Saloon. Yeah. Right. I think I, they have obviously a big thing playing there. Arrowhead East. Um, for that game. Yep. Hey, quick question for you because we, we usually do this on Thursdays and some, I think last time we forgot. Yep. Today's matchup uh, Jacksonville Jaguars versus Cincinnati Bengals. Quick thoughts on it. What do you have on that? Oh, yeah. Good point. Um, well, Jacksonville is 0-3, right? <laughs> they don't have Terrible. Tim Tebow. <laughs> um, no, um, it's going to be an interesting game. I know Cincinnati's 2-1, and one, and, you know, obviously what they have, Joe Burrows and um, and they drafted Jamar Chase. It's looking like a really good, you know, combo there. Uh, you know, obviously I, I think Cincinnati's always going to win the game tonight. But, um, I, you know, I hope to see a close game. But it's just with Jacksonville, right? I just don't know. 
what I'm seeing in Jacksonville right now. You know, it's just I, I don't know what to think about them. But I, I do think that Cincinnati obviously is going to win the game. Yeah, I mean, for me, outside of following the Chiefs, I love following everything from a draft prospect perspective. And Joey Bur- Joe Burrow, sometimes I call him Joey when, let's say, I'm excited to watch him play. Right, Joey, Joe, um, yeah. Um, and then Trevor Lawrence, two of the best quarterback prospects in the last 10 years. I like think they're top five potential in the NFL. Um, Cincinnati Bengals are one of my sleeper teams to – be sniffing the wild card spots. I think they have the talent for it offensively. They got a solid little defense. I agree with you. I think um, the Bengals will win tonight's game. Hopefully, it's a little bit more entertaining than last week's Thursday night so. matchup. Um, they should because I mean both teams are going to throw the ball, um, and the Jaguars to me are just a really really bad football team led by Urban Meyer, who I don't think he'll make it past this year. But yeah, I just want a good fun game to watch with a lot of the early pick talent that both teams have so um yeah i'm going to be switching between that game and the miami hurricanes opening up acc play tonight so i wasn't gonna i wasn't gonna do a big boo if i if i had a button that did that it would say that but no (laughs) (laughs) but no it's a yeah that's that'll be actually an interesting game to kind of watch too as well flip back between those two so So yeah thursday nights are starting to get a little bit better from a football perspective and hopefully this jaguars bengals game kicks off us some better matchups going forward than the last few or the last last week's stinker we had. For sure. Well, yeah, I'll look forward to, um, like I said, you breaking down the game uh, this Sunday, and uh, I'll be back for our preview next week against the uh, Buffalo Bills for week five. So with that being said, thanks for all you're listening today. Don't forget to follow our podcast, and go Chiefs! <laughs>